Coming up. I just feel like I'm in heteronormative hell. You could solve all of your problems, supposedly, by just opening up your relationship and smashing all these blokes. A Gay and a Non-Gay is a podcast from James Barr and Dan Hudson. Two unlikely friends take on the world. So in today's episode, a big announcement. Oh, really? Well, yeah, but I can't tell you yet because the email's not landed. Right, okay. So, uh, so yeah. So maybe next week there'll be a big announcement. Welcome to a gay and a non-gay. Welcome along to the podcast. I didn't recognise James because he's he's standing up straight. Whereas uh, if you watch the Brit Awards, you might be mistaken in thinking that James leans to one way all the time. <laughs> Look, there was a camera, Dan. I don't know how, but I was sat on a table. I mean, I, I don't like talking about this because I sound like a dickhead. I was sat on a table right in front of the camera. So, of course, I was going to lean into every shot. I yeah, mean, no, who, who wouldn't? I, I can't knock it. I mean, it's still, it's just funny. <laughs> James was literally like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. <laughs> behind Maya Jama. And every time she sort of moved a slightly to the, to the left, James and his missus, uh, his, his radio missus, Fleur East, would like lean to the right. Yeah. It was hilarious. I got so many texts about it. It was almost like every other shot. It was really funny because eventually other people near us started realizing what was happening and they started joining us. So people I'd never met before would start chatting to us and just we were just laughing about absolutely nothing. <laughs> Did you have a conversation with Fleur where you said, oh, uh, we're in shot. Let's start leaning into the shot. No, there was no conversation. It was just a natural. Right, okay. It was a natural event, Dan. I, I can't say I wouldn't do it myself. <laughs> also, did you know that ISIS wanted to throw gay people off the Leaning Tower of Pisa? Well, they called it pizza in 2015. I'm a bit triggered by that, Dan. I honestly think it's probably a bit embarrassing, actually. After, oh, really? after maybe the fifth time. It's, it did. I, well, it I remember thinking, you. I remember thinking like, this is getting a bit much now. Right. I don't know if I can keep doing this. But you did. But I did, of course, yeah. I noticed you were back on the bottle. Oh, no. I thought about that, actually, when I was at the Brits, because I was, I mean, I wasn't really on the... Oh. Actually, right, so... Yeah, a while ago, obviously, we we chatted about me giving up alcohol. Yeah. This was during, like, last summer, and I haven't... We haven't talked about it since then, but, yeah, I gave up for, like, three months. You gave up giving up, or you gave... <laughs> I, I guess both. I gave up <laughs> giving up after yeah. about three months, and okay. um, it's so funny you bring it up, because I, I actually saw our friend Dean recently, who is sober, and Dean was really supportive of me giving up, so I had to kind of let Dean know, because right. I bumped into him whilst I was drinking an espresso martini. Right. <laughs> I was like, oh, by the way... I'm drinking a bit now. But this is the thing with it. Like, it's a journey, isn't it? It's never... There's no shame in not being able to give up. I do have a couple of friends who are who don't really drink that much, but they you, you, you only know that if you watch if you watch them like a hawk. Otherwise, you would assume they were getting leathers all the time. Really? Yeah. Well, this is the thing. Like, when you're not drinking, you can still... You can have so much fun. I yeah. think probably more fun. So, like, loads of my friends that don't drink are always on Instagram stories, just and they look like they're getting on it, but they're completely sober yeah and they and they're having the best time yeah everyone else is like falling all around everyone else is like falling around them yeah yeah, yeah. and they're they look perfect yeah so i started drinking again after giving up for about three months i gave up giving up and um it's really hard to give up alcohol when you're gay because our whole movement was like born in a gay bar right so i mean not all of it obviously back in the day and when the romans were being gay they didn't have gay bars yeah or maybe they did but stonewall and the British gay rights movement, it was all born, I think, in gay bars and safe spaces that are actually safe spaces, which, you know, are, are most commonly pubs, bars. So 
it's it's kind of weird giving up because I suddenly felt like I couldn't go out anymore. I felt like I didn't have my friends near me. I didn't have my community near me. And I think especially after the pandemic being so isolated from our community, I, I really felt by the end of giving up alcohol that I was really disconnected and I needed to get back. So I went to the two brewers and I had a drink. <laughs> Right. And it was so weird having a drink after three months because I felt every single bit of it. I didn't get like wasted. And at the point where I felt like I'd had enough, which was maybe four or five drinks, which is probably quite a lot, actually, thinking about it now in hindsight. Uh, I was like, right, I'm going to go home now. Four or five what? Like doubles or something. So 10. So quite a lot of drinks. <laughs> but I was like, right, I'm going home. I'm cutting yeah. this off yeah. at like 1 a.m. rather yeah. than 6 a.m. or something. Are you, are you drunk at the minute? No. You sure? Drunk on life. You had uh, 10 drinks and then went home. Yeah, so... It was a quiet night. And same at the Brits, actually. I'm a bit more in control. Right. So we had free alcohol on the table and I only drank half a bottle of champagne (laughs) to myself. And I thought that was pretty reserved, like pretty good uh, across three hours of being sat there. I don't really know what Well, that's like two glasses, two and a bit, uh, over three hours. So I didn't think that was that that out of control and then i went home um james picked me up and we went to a drive through mcdonald's and i got to bed by midnight versus like going out all night until 5 a.m like i would have done before so i think so your got... boyfriend came all the way to the o2 in the middle of the night at like 10 p.m yeah right but i live nice. near the o2 do you you've been why, to my house why didn't need to come but you like, what is wrong with you do you have <laughs> any awareness do you actually care about me at all i know where your house is well actually you've know, been all, to my house all i know about your house is it's miles away from anything so like the o2 feels like it's not miles away from anything it's well right, it, it's right near the o2 it, it felt like it was miles <laughs> right that's because you you live miles away from anything no no also, i live in the center i also of North just want to bring up, i just want to bring up something else dan recently wrote an email to someone um telling them all about our podcast talking about who we were as people and he said in it james has a cat <laughs> i don't have a cat i have a dog yeah but i know you don't like dogs but well, i don't like cats either so how could not... you miss well, because... I misgender my dog. Because I was on the way to this meet... Here's the thing. You misspecied my my animal. Here's the thing. Like, I'm actually... I've got, got to make a point on behalf... You could apologise, but No, I, w- you're just I will gonna, do, but let me just make the point. Why don't you apologise first? Okay, I apologise. But first, <laughs> let me just make the broader point. As I'd fallen asleep that night, it was to question time, where the last question was this footballer who beats up cats or whatever, which had actually dominated the news agenda the entire previous day as well. So that was on my mind. So that's why that combination of things happened. If I saw your dog, I'd obviously would know that it was a dog and not a cat. But I'm sorry you're offended by it, but you could have sent the email and saved me having to do it. I mean, it does look like you don't really give a shit, especially what? as you never even ask how my dog is. Okay, What's well, his name? How, how's your dog? What's his name? Your dog is called Hugo. Oh, well done. Well done. Uh, thanks. What's well, hard to miss? <laughs> yeah, he's all right. He's right. been with my mum. Well, and we all, but how's the... Oh, my God. Um, he's all right. Yeah. I mean, no, he's actually a fucking nightmare. And... Uh, regularly james and i are like god was this the right decision but i love him he's amazing and he keeps me company and it's nice actually just having a dog because you can shut the world out and just be a dog dad right so yeah he's cool great he well, sends his love and says meow What were we talking Alcohol. So, yes, I think it's important to know your limit with it. I think it's really dangerous to lean into it, to, like, 
hide your shame. And I think another reason I gave up at the time was because I felt quite sad and I'm not on antidepressants right now. So I was like, right, I better listen to myself and I better stop taking a depressant. If I'm not taking antidepressants, why would I deliberately drink myself into depression? Yeah. Alcohol obviously is a depression, uh, is a depressant. So, so yeah, I just wanted to hit pause on it to figure out what was like, what was going on with myself. And now you've hit play. And, and now I think I know what's going on. So I'm okay managing it. All right. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Wait, you're not going to ask what's going on. Well, what's what's going on? <laughs> Why didn't you want to know? I, oh, because I thought you I thought you alluded to that. But okay, go on. No, no I mean you could ask. Yeah, anything. no, no. What's so uh, what's what's going on? I just was a bit fed up of being like I, I've said this to my boyfriend, so it's okay. I just feel like I'm in heteronormative hell. Like being in a relationship is quite exhausting because it's not familiar to me. And single people will be listening. Like probably don't want to hear this, but being in a relationship is not quite the dream or like what people sell to you i think like i thought i'd be completely fixed you know i found my other half it'll be done but you aren't really are you you just kind of end up you you love someone whatever but it's not the answer the an- what's the question but i don't know but i always thought being in a relationship would be like i thought it was goals you know people always go like goals yeah i don't know if that is goals like being in a relationship uh, it's nice but my whole life until this point was sleeping around getting drunk making bad decisions trauma so it's cool maybe not having some of that but it's also quite weird you know like oh have you uh walked the dog this morning cool have you made the bed okay cool is it my turn to clean is it your turn to clean did you put the cock ring away etc etc like all of this boring yeah stuff that we've talked about a bit here it's quite boring, isn't it? What th- are we going to have for dinner tonight? That's not boring. I mean, it is a bit. Well, it's not very exciting, is it? Well, it depends what you're having. Well, I used to be like, oh, what SDI am I catching tonight? And now I'm like, oh, what, what dinner are we going to <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's okay. Also, I don't re- we don't really see each other anyway because he works nights and I work mornings. So we hardly ever get time together as it is. So that's also difficult. So I guess I feel a bit lonely in the relationship sometimes. And I feel a bit like... All we do is discuss dog care and house admin and take the bins out. I think the point that you're missing is that that's basically life, isn't it? Life is admin and... Oh, my God. No one ever told me that being in a relationship was literally taking the bins out. Well, you weren't, well, you weren't listening then. Life is... Boring? <laughs> yeah, but basically, yeah. But I don't want it to be boring. Well, there's nothing I can do about that. I don't think being gay is boring. I'm not bored necessarily now anyway, but I've never been bored. It's always been quite traumatic and exciting at the same time. <laughs> so it's weird. Like I don't think bo- boring isn't the word. Mundane, I guess, is, is... Okay, so there's bits of life, yeah, that are mundane, but it shouldn't all be mundane. And it's not. But relationships specifically, I'm not talking about life, I guess. I'm saying like being with someone, settling down, that's quite different to what I expected. Yeah, I just, I just didn't expect it to be so mundane at times and and i think that is a a gear shift going from like orgies in new york to taking the bins out it's just weird isn't it i don't know how you adjust to that so i think that's what was making me quite sad and then i was drinking to like get through that and then i just sort of felt like i better stop drinking because i'm gonna make bad decisions if i keep drinking and i don't want to do that i want to be like i want to figure out what's going on in my head before i allow myself to like lose control because drinking means you lose control
so yeah, I was unhappy. I wanted to stop. And then by doing that, I kind of realized why I was unhappy because the alcohol cleared and my brain, I was able to sort of catch up with what was really going on. And yeah, we had this really nice chat about it. And, um, and I think that's, that's cool. I don't know where we are now with it. Like I know we're together and we're happy. We're happy. Um, and that's really all that matters. But I think it's interesting how being in a relationship, how do you navigate being queer and also being in a relationship? Because to me, being gay was all about getting drunk, sleeping with loads of men, partying. And now I'm in a relationship where I'm not doing that. But you're always banging on about saying, oh, gay people can just open up their relationships and do whatever they want, right? And I've always said that that, I don't think that's necessary. In fact, as recently as the other day, I said to you, I'm not necessarily sure that's quite as simple as you're making out. In what sense? You could solve all of your problems, supposedly, by just opening up your relationship and smashing all these blokes <laughs> and then if that's what if that's what the what you're missing right i don't think it's the only thing though i think there's there's more to it like but yeah i know yeah but it, yeah but i guess i'm rest i'm i'm wrestling with that because i'm like is that is that okay or is that not like i guess i have shame about that so yeah of course i've said before like open up do what you want and i think so many of my friends relationships who are straight like they would have solved their their problems if they just opened up and yeah. just like had fun together rather than like getting upset about what they might be missing or whatever. But it's not as easy as just, yeah, it's not as easy as just opening up actually, is it? That's what I suspected. I think it, I think <laughs> but, it probably, but, well, it probably is, but both people want to be on the same page. Well, yeah, like, that, you've exactly. You've got to set your own rules, whatever they might be. And then how do you know if those are the right rules? I've always been like really interested in open relationships and what they mean and how they work. And my friend said something quite cool. He said with his relationship, being open is the key word and that being open means being open and honest with every single thing not just being open like legs open right but like open emotionally right so like telling each other every single thing i think that's really interesting so i guess that's that could be the key to it if if i was to do that with my boyfriend i think that would be great to be open but then there's also like the don't ask don't tell policy that quite a lot of gay people go through right so yeah i think people can operate open relationships like that too where they don't tell each other what's going on yeah so it's like a respected thing because aren't relationships just friendships anyway at the end of the day because well, you're, well, in, well, I, you're I, in a straight heteronormative relationship so uh no i'm not <laughs> what, what do you mean yes you are you're heterosexual and so is your girlfriend so well it's heterosexual but it's not it's not actually ah, right heteronormative yeah there's nothing there's nothing heteronormative there's nothing normal about being in a relationship with someone who lives 5,000 miles away who I never see. Yeah, that's, yeah, that is a fair point. Cool. Uh, the thing is actually, that's actually really gay. For me, that's quite a gay experience because I've had so many relationships with guys that have lived 5,000 miles away. Right. Like I had one in New York, in LA, and there was a guy in Madrid once, and then there was a guy in Canada. There was the Canada guy. Yeah, I remember the Canada guy, yeah. And, um, oh my God, there was the guy in Berlin, and then... And Craig in Leicester. I forgot Craig. <laughs> <laughs> he was more of a fuck buddy, but anyway. That's quite the, quite the journey. A gay and a non-gay. Has your email come through? Are you ready for this, Dan? Yes. Congratulations to James Barr and Dan Hudson of A Gay and a Non-Gay on being recognised as one of the British LGBT Awards Top 10 Online Influencers. Woo! What? This is so insane to say this out loud. I'm so overwhelmed. This yes. Mean, this means so much. This is insane. This is the British LGBT Awards. Right? Yes, it is. No, I haven't heard of it. What? But this is a big deal. This is a big so, deal, right? Yeah. Okay, this cool. year, Alan Carr steps 
Lady Gaga, Ollie Alexander, they're all nominated. And then right. also James Barr and Dan Hudson, again, Longgate, are nominated. Amazing. Like, this is a huge deal. And in our category, online influencer, there are some seriously amazing people. So I don't want to get your hopes up, basically, is what I'm saying. Right, like, I, okay. don't, I don't necessarily think that we will we'll win, we'll walk away with this award. But to be nominated among such hugely influential people is massive. It's DJ Crystal Lake, um, Rudy Jean... Seb Argo and Dion Yorkie, Moan Rizwan. Yes, it's amazing. Are you disappointed that you weren't nominated for Celebrity Ally? I did. I noticed that I wasn't. Jade Thurwell from Little Mix, Ellie Golding, Davina McCall, Daniel Daniel Radcliffe, all nominated for Celebrity Ally, but not Dan Hudson. You are nominated in the online influencer section. Yeah, it's amazing to be nominated for the British LGBT Awards. Do they have bronze, silver, or gold, or is it just the winner takes all? I actually have no idea, so I guess we'll find out. Although we've won bronze and silver a couple of times now, haven't we? So, By the looks of things, there's just winners and losers. Oh, no. So... Okay. <laughs> well, we've got one in ten chance. <laughs> this is... Well, I mean, it's actually voted for by our listeners. So if you're listening to this right now, please go online to the thebritishlgbtawards.com to vote for Dan and I as online influencers. But honestly, being nominated that... I genuinely mean this. I've learned now, having not won a lot of awards, that 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 means that that's all I need. Yeah, I'm 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 really happy with that. I'm oh, overwhelmed yeah, yeah, yeah. actually, and I think it's funny that you're nominated in there. Oh yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. Because <laughs> you're not LGBT, and you're in there anyway for the work you've done on this podcast. So I hope that you actually now seeing yourself as an ally to some extent. Imagine if we won and you went up there and went, don't really see myself as an ally, mate. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, thanks a lot. I'll take it. See you later. We'll see what happens on uh, Friday, the 24th of June, which uh, does clash with Glastonbury. Oh, so there's a bit of a... That's bit... awkward for you. Well, we'll see what happens with that. <laughs> you are joking. I mean, you have to be there. Uh, you can't go to a you can't go to Glastonbury when you're nominated for a British LGBT award. Anyway, visit BritishLGBTAwards.com and please vote for us. Oh, is that what's happening? Yeah. Oh, people vote. Yeah, yeah people can vote. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, go to BritishLGBTAwards.com to vote. Thanks for listening, babes. Do the admin and support a gay and a non-gay. Visit GayNonGay.com/slash/donate.